Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. So this is one of my favorite times of the year because it is the week of Thanksgiving and it's one of my favorite holidays because uh, there's always so much delicious food. Everybody is normally bringing whatever their best dish is. So it's like, hey, you make the the uh, <laughs> cornbread casserole the best, boom, that's your job. Uh, my wife makes these spicy sausage balls, mind-blowing. It's unbelievable. I got an aunt and she brings the most perfectly whipped mashed potatoes ever. Guess what? I'm, you know, hoarding a plateful of them. So this is one of my favorite times of the year. I get the to be able to see a lot of my family. I don't get to see very often. You know, we like to invite friends to this particular holiday as well. Hopefully, you're all doing the same, um, planning a wonderful time with friends, family, people that you care about. And um, I also find this season uh, or this specific week very ironic because here in America, the home of the heartbeat of capitalism, right? Uh, we have done a great job creating consumers. I mean, we are professional consumers. Some of the best at it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other cultures out there, you know, like China and some others that, hey, they're heavy consumers too. But but in America, I mean, it definitely, uh, we're, we're huge fans of it to the point that we have to, the day after Thanksgiving, and it even got to the point over the past couple of years to where it bled into Thanksgiving that a uh, shopping holiday called Black Friday uh, ends up happening on the Friday after Thanksgiving, which is always on a Thursday. And like I said, for a long time there, pre-COVID, it, I think it was probably the last five, six years when it got really bad, um, stores started bleeding their sales into Thursday afternoon. And I always really hated that because I would have family that would leave a little early to go try to get some deals. A lot of people are doing Christmas shopping and things like that and, you know, trying to save some money. And I totally get that. And for those of you that uh, may not know Black Friday, if you're in a, a, a different country listening, I have a couple, you know, um, people in Europe and different things. And it, it, Black Friday, uh, the name of it comes from the fact that this is normally uh, when retail companies enter the black for the year, which is profitability. So normally up until this point, this is when they're breaking even. And then from this point on for the rest of the holiday season to the end of the year, this is when they're really making their profit. So they want to really drive foot traffic into the stores, get you online to the point that as if Black Friday and shopping, you know, extending those shopping deals to the weekend wasn't enough. Then you had, you know, uh, stores like Amazon who were primarily online come in and say, okay, well, we're going to do Cyber Monday. So now it's just an entire weekend of deals and shopping and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? COVID stopped all that. A lot of stores this year, even if they wanted to do Black Friday sales, they don't have the inventory for it. They can't handle it. So I just went and, you know, TVs normally get really cheap this year. We're about to move into a new house and I needed a new TV. And I went and I was going to wait. And the guy's like, yeah, we're not we're not doing Black Friday this year. If you want it, uh, now's the time to get it uh, because there's not a lot available. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. 
<laughs> so I, I was like, are you sure this isn't like a quick, cheap sales tactic? And he's like, no, no. I mean, if the price drops in between now and then, we'll hold it for you and uh, you, you can let us know. And we'll take the price off. And guess what? The price did drop $100. I went back to him and then, yeah, they gave it to me. So it wasn't a sales tactic. He was just being upfront. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of TVs left. So all that being said, I'm not trying to demonize capitalism at all. I think it's the best uh, to quote. I can't remember who it is. I don't want to say uh, misquoted, but basically the quote goes uh, that uh, capitalism is the worst government system out there, except for all the other government systems. (laughs) So listen, I am an American. I believe in capitalism. It is not perfect. We have to tweak it. We have to make sure that everybody is... uh, being taken care of, um, but it's the best chance that we've got uh, as far as history is proven, in my opinion. Uh, But all that being said, uh, one thing that I think really helps counter capitalism and the greed that can come along with it sometimes is contentment and practicing gratitude. And this is something that I think that gets really overlooked. I really like, uh, you know, in, in, I go to church in Christian circles. We talk about this obviously a lot. Um, it's kind of baked into our uh, theological DNA, so to speak. And uh, so it, it doesn't mean Christians are great at it. We're, it we struggle with uh, <laughs> greed just as much as the next person, right? Uh, but it does get talked about plenty, uh, you know, on a Sunday at church. Um, but I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, he is huge on this. You know, he's 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 out there in the forefront front with millions and millions of followers, and he's just like, listen, you've got to practice gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. And he hits it home. And I love that message because we don't. We we just don't. We're not we're we're not natural uh <laughs> we're, we're we're not naturally built to just be like, oh, you know what? I I have enough. I don't, I don't really need anything else. That does not come natural to most people. Now, not everybody struggles with, uh, you know, like greed and all these other things as, as everybody else does. It's different across the board. We all have our independent struggles, but at the end of the day, contentment and gratitude, um, they go hand in hand together. And I think it's something that if we don't have the mindset of taking a step back and looking at the things we have, I mean, I'm really looking at the things I have right now more than I normally ever would. I am packing up my house. Uh, This is the last episode, by the way, that will be recorded in this house. And um, uh, I I love this house. Uh, It was great. It was the second house that I ever built. um, Two of my uh, my two twin daughters, Uh, you know, we brought them home here from the hospital. And even though I've only lived here for three and a half years, um, I, I love this house. I mean, again, we built it. So, I mean, everything here I got to to pick. Uh, you know, everything from the color of the paint on the outside all the way to where the plugs in my office were going to be. So, I mean, this house, we really customized for ourselves and uh, I'm sad to see it go. And as I have been packing up, I have boxes all over me. My office is a wreck. I've got a ton of stuff in the garage ready for the truck to come tomorrow. I just started thinking about it. I was like, every time I move, (laughs) if you've ever moved before, you've had this thought, how did I get so much stuff where, where did I get all of this crap from? I mean, there's things that I pick up and I'm like, I remember getting this, being so excited about it. Here, here's a perfect example. I'm looking at one right now. There's this 50 millimeter camera lens that I got, um, bought it off somebody, 50 bucks, great deal. It's only like $150 lens. Was so stoked about it. 
and I don't think I've used it once. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I haven't been doing as much photography, been doing more videography, haven't been doing a lot of either uh, recently in the past couple months, hoping to get more into it you know, in the next coming year. When, but I, I haven't used it at all. I, I wouldn't miss it if it was gone, to be honest with you. I forgot it was there. And, and this is the other crazy thing. This is the other funny thing. It's sitting on my desk. This wasn't like one of those items. I've, I had plenty of items to where as I was going through the house and I was searching you know, or not searching, but emptying them out, essentially, you know, figuring out what goes in the trash and, you know, what we're taking with us, all these other things. There were tons of things that I found that I was like, oh man, I didn't even know. I, I forgot about this. I found old Christmas gifts, I, like Christmas gifts. I was like, wait, we have a blender. I, I've co- totally forgot we got a blender and somehow I got put away in this closet. I completely forgot about it. So there's just a lot of different things like that that were buried away in this house that we had. But for instance, this, this camera lens, that is a great lens. It's sitting right here in the open on a shelf. And I just forgot about it. We so quickly get used to the things around us. We so quickly, because we're human, okay? This is not, this is not a knock on anybody in particular, because guess what? We all do this, all right? This is built in our nature. We are so quick. I, I have two twin daughters. Guess what? They're already doing it. If they have toys, and they talk about this a lot in child psychology, and guess what? Dogs are actually the same way. Uh, we learned this from the dog trainer. But if you have toys that are laying out, if they don't get put away in like a chest uh, or a tub somewhere or whatever the case is, you know, some type of storage unit where it's kind of out of sight and you just kind of randomly leave them uh, lying around on the ground it will become part of the environment very quickly to them instead of a toy. And then it will become boring and they will become uninterested in it very quickly. Now to contrast it, if you take that same toy, again, this works with little kids. It also works with dogs. Okay. Might work with cats too. I don't know. I don't have cats. Uh, you could try it out, but uh, we asked this, my dog trainer this because we were like, does, when we first got our dog, we were like, does she need more toys? She seems bored with these. And he's like, no, you have like five, six different toys here. That's fine. You need to take one or two of them, hide them in the pantry for like a week or two. So when she can't see them, then pull them out, hide another one back there and kind of swap them out. And you'll find that she gets excited about him again. And he was exactly right. That's exactly what happened. And then same thing for my daughter's. You know, when them again, they're not even two years old, but already you can see it. If I leave certain toys out on the floor, uh, they get very bored with them. They don't want to play with them anymore. They don't care. But the second I pull something out of the closet, even if they play with it every day, the fact that it wasn't visually there and they couldn't just get used to it, that uh, they're just so much more excited about it. So how much more are we as human beings like that? I'm like that. I mean, I look at this house that we built, that me and my wife moved in, that we were so happy about. And I remember just thinking like, never in my life did I dream I would have a house like this. It it wasn't part of like my roadmap. I wasn't like, oh, I want a really fancy house. But I remember just walking in and just being so odd that, man, I am so blessed. I've worked so hard. You know, me and my wife have worked so hard in order to get to a place to afford a house like this. And then I remember being about six months in and going to a parade of homes and being like, 
Oh uh, yeah, you know, we could have we could have done some different stuff. Ah, we could have added things. Like, oh, you know what? An extra extra office would be nice. Like, ah, you know, the, and and then all of a sudden, this house that I never thought I would have had it <laughs> in in my entire life, never even would have thought about that. I was so grateful for six months ago, one of the biggest purchases of my life, and I'm already thinking like, eh, yeah, it could have been could have been a little bigger. You know, could have had this, could have done that a little nicer. I was used to it. I was content. I saw it every day. I lived in it. I'm human. So what do you do about that? And why is it important? I think that it's important because having nice things is not evil. Uh, having, Having stuff is not necessarily problematic. It's just like anything else. It's balance. It's having too much of it. How, and, and, and this is not a, a knock against the wealthy. Guess what? I I'm, I'm wealthy. And, and when I talk about that, I don't just mean financially. I mean, in, you know, the four types of wealth that we always discuss on this podcast. Um, if you want to know more about those, you can look it up. Um, you know, I have a podcast episode discussing the four types of wealth, but you know, it, I, I think I want everyone to be wealthy with the four types of wealth. And I think that part of the way that you get there is by practicing contentment and gratitude. Because when you do, it's powerful. It gives you, when you are content with the things you have and you go, you know what, even though I would, I want something, I don't need it. And I think that's the big thing. It's always okay to want new things, right? There's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. The problem is in our mindset and in our speech, when we start going, I need that. Oh, I need, you know, the new PlayStation 5. Oh, I need a new car. Oh, I need it. No, 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 no. Let's 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 be serious here. What we need is basic shelter, roof over our head. We need full bellies, you know, on a regular day, um, a job, some type of work, um, you know, to keep us uh, interested. Um, uh, clothing, and that's that's what we need. Those, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of basic needs. I mean, that's that's what we need. Everything beyond that is just gravy. That's that's the reality, and. Um, and I think that when you when you give yourself, you know, and, and really fight your your inner desires a little bit, and say, you know what, it's okay, it's okay to want those things, but you know what, I'm good. I'm gonna say no to myself, even though I have the money to buy that thing, or or I feel like I do. I'm actually just not gonna do it. You know, it's interesting with uh, a lot of billionaires now. There's uh, the practice of stoicism that's really taking off. One of the big um, you know, guys, that's kind of outspoken of it is Jack Dorsey, the dude who uh, created Twitter. And, um, you know, he's a billionaire, very rich guy, uh, a little weird. He's <laughs> recently shaved his head, wears some tie dye shirts, and like big beard and stuff like that. But it, I mean, that's beside the point. One thing about him is that he practices stoicism. And part of stoicism is constantly like denying yourself of things. He's a billionaire, he can have anything he wants in the world just about. Just he can pretty much get anything he wants. He is a billionaire, but but he chooses to deny himself. Why? Because when you can have anything, or at least when you think you can have anything, then everything loses its it all. You know, is not glitter and gold, as they say. It, it, it loses its luster when you can just have anything you want. There's no. What are you striving for at the end of the day? You know. So that's something that we talk about a lot, you know, and we can get into life purpose and different things like that and how that can help. That's not what I want to talk about for this. Really, I just want to focus on the fact that contentment just gives you the space to do things that truly fulfill you. 
you know, and spending your time, you know, chasing after things and all that, you can spend it realizing potential. Um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, some of the benefits that contentment really brings is, you know, a peace of mind when you're not sitting here constantly chasing after stuff, uh, or the next big adventure or whatever it is. And again, this doesn't have to be contentment doesn't have to be material things. It could be traveling, uh, you know, Oh, I want to go skiing, you know, all the time, or I would just want to be an adventure. I want to be jet setting somewhere. I want to constantly be vacationing or, Oh, you know, I really, I'm single, but I constantly want to be dating somebody. You know, I'm not content being single. You know, I need to be with another person. Like there's contentment is not just about stuff. Contentment is about where you are in your life right now. And are you grateful for it? You know, contentment's about the people that you have in your life. You know, these are the things that contentment and gratitude, it's going to promote happiness. It's going to promote stronger relationships. Um, you know, just calling this out, you know, there's a lot of, uh, people, you know, in America who leave their jobs, they leave their church, they leave their marriage, whatever the case may be. Guess what? They're just not content. Um, there's a lot of things out there that appear better. Uh, and guess what? When we really, really want that, we can convince ourselves it's okay to leave that job, that, you know, church, that marriage, that doesn't mean you should. Uh, it also doesn't mean you shouldn't necessarily, but it also doesn't mean you should. And I think more oftentimes than not, if we were to sit back and go, wow, what are the things that I actually am grateful about this versus always focusing on, well, what, you know, it could just do this better. I think we'd be surprised how many times we would have realized actually, you know what? I think it was, I think I'm better off staying. I think I'm better off being content. I think I'm better off just, you know, working with what I have. Um, so that's just, you know, that's the power of contentment. Um, you know, like I said, distinguishing the difference between what a want and what a need is. I really want that, but do I need that? Eh, not necessarily. And then at the end of the day, I think contentment and gratitude to something in a very crazy, constantly coming at you world. Uh, it just provides a level of simplicity when you're not constantly striving after things or going places or people or whatever. And you can sit back and go, Hey, I'm good. Uh, it tends to simplify your life a lot. So those are some of the benefits, I think, of practicing contentment, of practicing gratitude. Take some time and go, you know what? <sighs> Look at all the things I have. How amazing is this? How, how, uh, how, how lucky I am to have these things. Um, you know, just, just the, the basic one that I know I constantly take for, for granted is just health. Man, if you have health, uh, you have a wealth of health <laughs> that so many people do not have. Um, it's it's just just that can make your everyday life so much easier in ways that is so easy to take for granted. So that's it. Uh, just wanted to share that with you. Uh, like I said, this was all completely unscripted. Um, I'm just, like, like I said, the timing of it, it was just interesting coming into Thanksgiving week, getting ready to move. Um, I'm moving in with my parents, with my family for three weeks. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, living with them for a little while, while our new house is getting completed, it's new construction. One more thing to be grateful for, to not, uh, you know, uh, not try my hardest not to take, uh, uh, if for granted for as long as possible. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, my challenge to all of you this week, uh, would be take 10 minutes, set a timer on your phone, then move your phone away from you and just take 10 minutes and really th sit there and think and go, 
what 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 do I need to be content about? What do I need to to speak out loud the things I am grateful for? So I start beating that into my head and make that a practice. Make it a practice. If you have a family, talk to your kids, do it with them, make them practice that lead by example, talk to your friends about it. Hey, what are you grateful for? What I I feel it's so much easier to talk about things we want to complain about. Let's start making it a habit of talking about the things that we're happy and that we're grateful for. And I wonder what kind of an impact that would have, not just on our, on our lives, but the people we're interacting with. I think it uh, could have a pretty powerful change. And with that, I hope you all have a great week. I hope, uh, you know, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, you have a great one. If not, everybody, I hope you're having a great holiday season. And uh, until next time.